I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and welcome to Business Unusual. I'm Claudia Winkleman. In this podcast, I'm speaking to the most innovative business owners in the UK and discovering what it takes to build a successful challenger brand. This week, we're going to hear about What Three Words. It's a London-based startup that has divided the world into a grid pattern of 57 trillion squares and given each one a unique three-word address. So if you're visiting Stonehenge, you'd be looking for ordinary pedicure rucksack. And if you're meeting a friend at Blackpool Tower, tell them to find you at Secret Master Theme. Confused? Don't worry. All will become clear. Let me introduce Chris Sheldrick, co-founder and CEO of What Three Words. Chris, thank you so much for joining us. Pleasure. Thanks so much, Claudia. What an extraordinary idea. Um, Can you explain it to us, I'm sorry, in sort of layman's terms, and then we can get into the specifics? So What Three Words is a global address system. We wanted to give everywhere in the world a really simple name. So um, just as you said, we, we divided the whole world up into these three meter squares uh, and you got 57 trillion of those across the world. And we named each one with three words from the dictionary. It's like a random sequence of three words, something like table, chair, spoon. And there's enough combinations of three words that you can literally go around square by square, uniquely identifying each one. And we wanted to do that because what I'd tried doing was thinking, well, actually, we could just use GPS coordinates, the latitude and the longitude to name everywhere. But actually, that's really complicated and great if you're a geographer, but not if you're just a normal person. And so by naming all of these three meter squares with the three words, it just means that if I say to you, table, chair, spoon, you can type that in uh, to an app and we're both talking about the same place. I mean, it's so extraordinary. Where did the idea come from? So I was actually working in the music business. I was a tour manager and we were kind of organising gigs um, around the UK, but also abroad. Um, and so basically it was my job to get everyone to arrive at the right place for a kind of sound check and load in. And it kind of didn't matter where we were. It could have been like the back of Wembley Stadium if it was sort of you know loading entrance L42 or if you're trying to find some villa halfway up a mountain in Italy. Whenever we put the address we were given in, basically it would point you to the wrong place. Or in the case of Wembley, it's literally the centre of the whole building, which is no use to anyone. So I tried to enforce on the London music business. I said, look, guys, you can just type in a latitude and a longitude into your smartphone or TomTom or SatNav. But basically, everyone's quite bad at accurately typing in an eight-digit latitude and an eight-digit longitude. And people are like, hang on, where's the degrees button? What do I do with this? And so I kind of just figured like there must be a simpler way of doing this so that we could all just have one system to use around the world. And that's basically where the idea came from. And then I sat down with a friend of mine called Mohan, who's a mathematician. And it was like, how can we make it easier than 16 numbers? And he immediately said, well, what about using a sequence of words? We kind of did the back of the envelope maths and worked out that you'd only need three words to get enough combinations. And then we just kind of ran with it from there. 
It's so extraordinary. It's such an unusual concept. But the minute, by the way, I've downloaded the app, the minute you see it, you go, oh, this makes total sense. I'm never going to get lost again. Chris, how did you decide which words to give to which places? Was I mean, you had to have so many words. Did you at the beginning go, yes, yes, if it's Cairo, it should be Pyramid? Or was that thrown out? So that's a really good question, because one of the first things we had to do is build this huge word list that we were going to use for all the locations. And we use 40,000 of them. And then you've got to decide which words you're not going to use. So, for example, we don't use words like here that you could spell H-E-R-E or H-E-A-R. The homophones, all of those come out. Analyze comes out because the UK and the US spell it differently. And then we thought, well, actually, hang on, we're more likely to have users in the middle of London than in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. So in London, you're more likely to find table, chair, spoon. And in the ocean, you'll find dodecahedron, hypnotic, esoteric, um, or yes. something which is kind of more of a mouthful. And so that kind of was a whole part of how we designed it. And I guess another thing was a lot of people thought we should have put table, chair, spoon next to table, chair, spoons, because we're kind of all taught to do things in an orderly way. And we did the opposite. We basically built it backwards. We put table, chair, spoon in somewhere like London and table, chair, spoons in somewhere like Sydney. Because I thought back to my musicians who often got lost. And I thought, if they make a typo, yes. I don't want them to go to the wrong place in London. If they look at it and they see us in Sydney, hopefully they'll look and go, hang on, something's wrong here. So there was just a few kind of decisions around the design, which seem very backwards to people when they first see it. But I think when they think about how actually it'd be used in the real world, it kind of makes sense. Uh, how did people respond when you told them what you were doing? And how did you make them believe in the idea? both in the business world and family and friends who went, you're what? Yeah, that's pretty much exactly what happened because I guess to us, you know, Mohan and I have been sort of old friends and kind of used to trying to make solutions to things. It it seemed quite logical. Um, But then I think, yeah, the first couple of people I told, they were kind of like, hang on, you know, banana coffee pyramid. That's that sounds a bit weird. Um, are you really expecting people to type that in instead of 16 Regent Street? Um, and yeah, I, I got a pretty difficult response from people going, I'm not really sure that this is going to catch on. But about probably 10% of the people I spoke to went, this is awesome yeah. and amazing and you should do it. Uh, and I think what I quite liked actually was the polarizing responses. Some people saying you're crazy, some people saying it's brilliant. And that kind of gave me the energy because we thought it was a good idea. And we kind of went on with it from there. I think thinking back, probably the worst thing would have been if everyone had been a bit lukewarm about it. But the fact that it polarises people, I think, is a good thing. But also, is that the key to, I mean, I'm going off piste, to being an entrepreneur? Because if only 10% went, yes, lots of people would have gone, oh, no, this is too confusing. I can't do it. People also change. Like when things are brand new, a lot of people will say, well, hang on, that's not how we do it today. But then once you actually get a lot of validation for your idea, the 10% almost swings in the other direction because people go, oh, hang on, oh, you've got it integrated into Mercedes cars and, oh, I can use it with this. I think that is the key to starting is to have the boldness and the commitment in your own mind to thinking, okay, let's get started. And then you have to bring everyone with you once you get going. Tell me about some standout examples of what three words, who's using it and where is it being used? Big first deal that we got was actually a sort of unexpected place. It was with the Mongolian Postal Service. And I was invited to go to Mongolia because it's it's a country uh, which doesn't really use addresses like we do um, in the UK. And the Postal Service struggled to to make deliveries. I mean, people literally ordering things from ASOS, um, having them shipped to Mongolia. 
and then writing descriptions of how to navigate to their address yeah. ends up on the label. So um, we we did a deal with them and we basically said, look, here's our apps, here's our software, um, and you can use this to make deliveries. But it was just a great landmark moment because it really captured imagination. And when there was a lot of marketing around this, where people were thinking, hang on. And of course, we do it in Mongolian words. We don't just do it in English words. We have 45 languages. It just captured people's imagination. And then just one thing led to another. Probably the biggest integration we have in terms of the brand is Mercedes-Benz. So all new Mercedes cars now have what three words fitted as standard. So you could get into that car and say, hey, Mercedes, navigate me to Banana Toffee Pyramid. And it will you know, understand exactly what you said and take you to that three meter square. And so I think just things like that is great for people just going, wow, it really works. I can really do it. And also you do so much with the emergency rescues, I believe, and crime stopping. And as you say, deliveries in remote locations. That, I mean, did you ever think so many people would love it and use it? I think we thought at the beginning that it had a lot of applications and it's kind of, you know, when you first launch it, you you immediately, I think, think people will get in touch and want to use it. But the hardest thing with a system like this, you're effectively trying to invent a new way of doing something a bit like meters or, or feet and inches. Um, if it's a new standard, getting your first people to adopt is the key bit. And I think whilst we knew it would be helpful for emergency services, because, of course, so often they're going to remote locations, Um I think we assumed that, you know, with GPS and our phones that they would be able to track where you were. But actually, in very few cases, that actually happens. And so when we first started talking to them probably a couple of years ago, we realized that often if you call for 999, you're in the middle of a forest, they'll literally say, what can you see? Because they often don't have your location. And so the fact that we're now used for that is is amazing. The, the first person, I think, who to integrate it actually seen us because we were on an NCIS as part of the storyline they were using the three words to sort of solve a crime. A police officer in Norfolk watched the show and then called us up and said, look, could we use this for emergency services? And now fast forward two years and we're, we're used in over three quarters of the police, fire and ambulance services across the UK who use this on a daily basis. And, and we constantly hear stories of how we've been used in, in rescues and air ambulance and all sorts, often in remote areas. It's absolutely mind blowing. Like we we didn't sort of set out with that in mind, but as things have taken off, that seems to be a really powerful use case. I think it's fantastic. Tell us about your work with Vodafone in South Africa. What do you hope to achieve there? So um, we started speaking to, to Vodacom in South Africa because when we were integrating with the emergency services, they found that a lot of the time, um, and what, what you have to do if you don't have the What Three Words app already, they can send you a link to your phone. You simply click a button and it will show you the three words. But what you need for that is a bit of data on your phone, a tiny, tiny bit. And if for whatever reason you run out of data, you can't then click this link and it won't show you the three words. So Vodacom thought it was absolutely important that you should be able to click this link if you're in an emergency, if you need to read those three words to the call center person who's sending the, the resources to where you are. So they basically zero rated, which means it's totally now free to use that link, which they send you in an emergency. And it means that Vodacom will never be the barrier to somebody getting the rescue and the aid where they need it. That's so brilliant. In 2017, you had a team, I believe, of just 15. I don't mean just 15. 15 is also a lot. And now I think you've got over 100. Has the growth, has the speed slightly taken your breath away? Or did you always think in that bold, brilliant way with your friend, like everyone's going to go for this? 
I think you kind of imagine it's going to get big. But I mean, when I was working back in the music business, there were only four of us for 10 years. So even when we started getting beyond that point, it, it was slightly kind of overwhelming to be running a, a team. But then, of course, when you're growing that fast and every day you're, you're interviewing and hiring and more and more people join the team, the whole kind of shape of the business transforms. It becomes less about me and the idea that I had with a couple of friends. And you're actually you're building a brand and people need to to understand what what three words means for them and what it does and we then need to you know have a brand that people want to come and work for the company because you know with a lot of people they join us and immediately will say look can you go to uh, South Africa for 6 months or Mongolia for 6 months and they need to understand what they're signing up to um in order to to be part of the what three words team is a specific thing so I definitely think it's an eye opening experience and I'm sure the same for anyone who's who's grown a team like that but what unites everybody is that we have this one pretty simple goal, which is to make what three words a global standard. So wherever you see the three words, if it's written on a postcard in a magazine saying, here's the entrance to this, we just want people around the world to know what the three words mean in their own language and be able to use it. And it's a really powerful thing that gets everybody out of bed, engaged with what we're doing. And whether it's emergency services one day, postal services in Asia the next day, and then trying to change the way we work with and speak to cars the next day, that's a pretty exciting blend of things to be working on. I think, if you don't mind me saying, the word powerful is right. I mean, I'm sitting here and I keep on looking at the figure, 57 trillion squares. But, you know, you've mapped Earth and we're going to find each other in a different way. Tell me about, we've got such a big team, how has COVID-19, how has the pandemic affected the business? So it's it's been a really sort of strange time as it has for everybody. But I think for us, you know, what we were first immediately aware of with all the lockdowns coming in is that people obviously just stopped navigating and, and we're primarily a navigation tool. But what has taken off is the fact that online delivery is now yeah. booming around the world. And a lot of people, a lot of companies are doing online delivery for the first time. So they don't have a logistics provider where it's a sort of very slick setup in many cases often small businesses are just doing it themselves or with a very local delivery firm who haven't been used to this kind of scale. So what they're doing is they're adding a what three words effectively like a box on the checkout page. And they say, great, thanks for your address. But can you give us your what three words address as well? Because then we can find you to the nearest three meter square. And there's, I mean, there's like a fish and chip shop um, in the Isle of Man, Fryer's Fish and Chips, who started using it and told us later. Um, And they've now got just under half of their customers who do this on a regular basis because on the Isle of Man, a lot of it's just house name plus town. And if you've never delivered there before, you can spend half your time simply driving around in circles. Same on Guernsey. There's a a whole bunch of companies now using us to deliver there. Um, We've got AO.com who kind of deliver all sorts of kitchen utility stuff now using it. And we went from, I think, just a handful of e-commerce sites in the UK who were using what three words at the beginning of the year it's it's grown by something like eight times wow. um, just in the last three months and, and doesn't look like stopping there because I think it's becoming now a thing that people are seeing a What Three Words box on each other's checkout page. So I think just really great to see that there is this need which we're fulfilling and, and it can just be plugged in instantly into the, the websites. 
Also, I mean, you mentioned remote places. I live in London, but even, I mean, I will get lost. I'm dropping off a child. I'm going to go and do a bit of work. And I'm like, wait, I thought it was number 50. How is this 46 and suddenly number three? So having those three words. And for a casual user like me, it's free. So my question to you is how how is this monetized, if you don't mind me asking? Yes, the World Three Words app is totally free. People can find their three words, um, yeah, put three words in and navigate that. That's all totally free. We make our money in the same way that addresses are monetized today. So we often don't think about it. If if we get into a taxi or order on a ride heading app and you type in 14 Regent Street, those apps have to pay to turn 14 Regent Street into the GPS coordinates. So effectively, it ends up as a pin on your map, but it all happens in a in a heartbeat. So we charge exactly the same way. So any car companies, ride-hailing apps, logistics providers who are used to paying for addresses, they will pay us for a bit of code, which simply converts the three words to the pin on the map, and then they can use it in their apps. So it works very well, and the consumers, everybody's happy because they can use it for free. Let's take a short break here so I can tell you all about how Vodafone can help your business keep connecting. Vodafone are here for you and your business as you adjust to your new normal. They can help you with connecting to your team, however remotely you're working. Vodafone Business provides all sorts of services to make the technology side of things simpler, faster and much more efficient. Whether that's through essential mobile connectivity, fixed data networks, cloud and hosting, the Internet of Things or unified communications. And if you're an existing business customer with more than 10 employees, Vodafone can enable your team to work from home with unlimited connectivity for voice, text and data. All that for a fixed price of £15, excluding VAT, on a 30-day rolling basis for temporary use. Keep connecting with Vodafone. Right, let's get back to business with Chris Sheldrick from What Three Words. Did you have, I just want to get into the entrepreneur's brain. Did you go, look, guys, here's a big sheet on the wall. This is what we're going to do stage by stage. Have you exceeded that? Were your ambitions larger? Because already, when you say to me, you're going to Mongolia and now ASOS packages are getting there and people are wearing nice tops that they've bought from, I'm delighted. Have you exceeded what you wanted to do? I think we've definitely exceeded it, but it's also been utterly different to what we could have thought of. I mean, I think, Back when we started, there was a business plan. It looked nothing like what we've done. Um, I mean, on one hand, yes, Mongolia was not country number one, and it certainly wouldn't have been language number 10 that we developed in normal circumstances. And similarly, you kind of think, well, look, if we got a small car company or any car to put us in, that would be great, and we'd work our way up and get to people like Mercedes. But it all kind of happened backwards in that Mercedes is one of the, the biggest tech car companies were the first ones to put it in. And I think just the you know the the fact that we've been working all around the world in like Ivory Coast in in Africa, India, just all of our the plans that we'd had kind of changed because it you know you go where people go I want this now yeah. and and you've got to be ready to change and adapt. But I think yes, in terms of exceeding it, and honestly, when I just go to you know a website in London, I see that someone's put the three words on their website on their contact us page. It just makes you feel amazing just to see that someone's picked your idea up and thought it was useful for them and that I get that feeling every day. Absolutely you must want to do a small dance. Um, What are some of the biggest challenges you've faced? I think with what we're doing the the big challenge is that you're trying to change people's behavior and introduce a new standard so 
back in the days when I was offering bands for people who wanted to book bands, it was very simple. You know, do you want to book a band? Yes. And and, and that was done and off you go. Um, here, a lot of the time with What Three Words, people will now go brilliant. But, you know, a couple of years ago, we had this kind of, but we'll have it when everybody's using it. And if everyone says that, then you're kind of stuck. You have to generate all of this momentum. But I feel like that's what we've got over that hurdle of now in the UK, especially helped by all of the emergency services who, who've been getting people to download the app all around the country. But that is a huge barrier to come up against. And, and we still do in, in other countries that we go into because you have to get the first bit of critical mass, which is really difficult. How do you get your first 50,000 contact us pages to list three words? You kind of have to go door-to-door virtually. Yes, so hard. Yeah. You've basically created a whole new language. You have, and back to one of the first things you said, like it, it's a bit of a strange concept when you first hear it. Thinking about these three random words, you know, no one thought that suitcase or banana or crayon was going to be in their address. So to have to ab- so explain an abstract concept and then get people on board can take a bit of time if you're trying to do that en masse in a new country. But I think now we're pretty well practised the way to do that. But it is a huge challenge when you're trying to get a new standard adopted. We discussed the huge growth of employees. Are there certain people that you believe are right for your company? And because I've asked lots of the entrepreneurs about this, they start new businesses and they go, you have to go with your gut. You'll just, you will just know. Where do you find your people? And are they just, what what do they have to be like? Willing to travel, excited about the world, scientists? Who are you after? So for us, we really want to get people who are incredibly charismatic, but ultimately really believe in what we're doing, because it is a different kind of idea. And you're not selling something where people have competitors. There aren't really competitors in our space. You're walking in and saying, here's a solution to an address problem that you didn't even know there was a solution to. So we basically want people who just will walk in the door, challenge the status quo, think on their feet, because a lot of the time people are saying, hang on, but I didn't even think, you know, think about addresses and hang on, is there a problem? So we're looking for just kind of a different type of person. I guess that's the best way of putting it. And we don't actually know what different means. So sometimes people walk in the door and they say, look, I don't really have a CV, but I've just cycled around the world. Can I come and work here? Oh, and yes. That's, um, yeah, that's, it's, it's a great way to, um, to engage us because we just know that from those kind of experiences, you're going to probably be the kind of person who who can then walk into a room and get a bunch of people excited about what three words. Yeah, similarly, there's there's plenty of amazing and, and awesome and different things that people can do, which doesn't involve going quite the way around the world. But I guess my point is we're not looking for people with inverted commas experience per se in, you know, let's say geography or mapping. In yeah. fact, if you come in with no preconceptions about how maps and coordinate systems should work, then your mind is probably open to something like what three words. I love it. But also, yeah, well, anyway, I'll stop wanging on. I'm, I'm completely upset. <laughs> Anybody who's listening, if you want to spend 15 minutes looking up where your mum lives or your favourite hotel or a beach you once went to, it's properly magnificent. What do you think then makes a successful entrepreneur? What do you have to have? I think you have to have the self-belief and the boldness to just push through every time something gets thrown in your way. And and that happens all the time. And the biggest bit is the first few months in that first year. Before you have any validation, uh, so many people will try and tell you that you shouldn't pursue the idea, that you'll never be able to sort of get past, I don't know, the big players in any space. And 
it's almost like on a daily basis, especially when you're going out and getting investment, people are just saying no to you left, right and centre. And, you know, with, with what can seem like good reasons of why they're right to say no. And then you just got to go home and go, actually, no, I'm still absolutely sure what we're doing is right. And get out there again and go and sell your story and get people on board, both for investment and those first few key team members to, to get going with you. Because you can't do it on your own. It's that first few people in the team who, who need to grow with you because they'll be the ones pretty soon who are actually going around the world selling the idea. So I think for me, when I think back, that's the key thing is stick to that vision. Don't get swayed by everybody coming and telling you where, where you should go. Like with us, I mean, addresses are a big thing that once people get their head around it, they say, you guys should go to Ecuador because you know there's a problem there mm. or you should go to this country. And if you, if you take all the advice you you won't do any work because you're you're too busy flying to every place and meeting every company who has a problem with addresses. You've got to start somewhere and be focused and get the right balance between So hard though. Yeah. Like I like the fact that you say that and it sounds easy. I would I would get swayed. I'd go, yeah, you're right, bad, bad, I won't do that. That's yeah, that's the hard bit. And and sometimes people kind of in the office they'll be like, What's Chris doing? Because I'll just be sitting there with a cup of tea, kind of staring into space. And often it's something like should we be going to Ecuador or Indonesia? And there's good reasons to do both. And you've just got to try and make that call because once you say we're going to put a couple of months work into going down a new stream, you've got to be relatively sure that it's going to work out and, and be worthwhile. And and you're right, people are swayed. We're all swayed. Um, and if we respect the opinion that's coming, um, you can be even more swayed. So just, I guess, seeing seeing the wood for the trees and sitting there going with everything that I've seen so far, trying to build out this product, what do I think the right decision is? And I guess, yeah, just making sure you make the right call enough of the time. Looking to the future, are there companies you fantasise about? Do you want us never to use addresses? Would we flirt with somebody in the bar and I'm not saying you should give your address on a first date, but whatever, it, and somebody says, where do you live? And you could say, pumpernickel, pyjamas, parrot. Um, is that how it's going to work? Yeah, in fact, that's how it already is working. I think, actually, what three words is a very popular first date tool. Is um, it? People, yeah, for people to say, look, let's meet here, um, because because it gets people thinking. But, yeah, that's the kind of, I mean, we, we want it to just become part of the vernacular. The first few times you use it, you know, and I, and I would definitely challenge you to, to meet somebody at a three-word address because the first thing probably you and they will go is, great, it worked. And then you're kind of bought in. Really, the ultimate success is for you to be saying banana cupboard crayon and it to not feel weird at all, for it to feel yes. totally normal. Yes. That for us is the holy grail that we're pursuing, is to just have normality for an idea which can sound a bit out there when you first hear it. So to see it just used in normal everyday life is the ultimate compliment for us. Thank you so much. I, mean, I know it's going to happen, and I really like that address, by the way. Banana <laughs> crumpet crayon. That's where I want to live. I'm going to find out where it is right now. Thank you so much, and enormous luck for the future. Thank you so much, Claudia, and thank you so much to Vodafone as well. Thank you so much to Chris for talking to me. What Three Words is a really revolutionary idea and it seems that it can benefit all sorts of different organisations. 
That is the end of this week's episode of Business Unusual. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Next time, I'm going to be talking to Michelle Scott Lynch, curl expert and founder of curly hair brand Buclem. We are going to hear all about how Michelle has embraced an audience that has been ignored by the mainstream beauty industry and how she empowers people to love their natural hair. Please do subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And while you're there, why not rate us five star if you want and give us a nice review. See you next time. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.